If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Yes, good evening to you and welcome to the first ever edition of the Yapping Yankees podcast here on this Sunday evening, June 16th. It is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to the dads listening out there. I am your host of the Yapping Yankees podcast, Mike Scudero, where we will be talking about Yankees. We'll be yapping about the Yankees and nothing but the Yankees. For maybe about 20 minutes to a half hour. We'll see how long this goes. We're just going to see how this first edition of Yapping Yankees goes. But of course, as you know, this is the first edition of the show. So we have a lot to talk about today. And a lot to talk about today about myself, in case you don't know who I am. If you're not a friend of mine on Facebook. If you don't follow my Facebook fan page, maybe. If you don't follow me on Twitter. If you're not one of my near 1,500 Twitter followers. If you don't follow me on Instagram. If you don't know me at all. Then I will explain who I am first of all. But before, but before we get going, I do again want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day. It's been a really good day for me personally. Been spending the day with family, and the Yankees game just ended not long ago. So I'm thrilled to be here talking Yankees with you. It's going to be a really, really fun time for the next half hour, give or take. But first off, if you do not know who I am, well, I'll say my name again. My name is Mike Scudero, and I'll describe a little bit about myself if you don't know me very well or don't know me at all. So first off, I am 22 years of age. I am an aspiring sports broadcaster, and I actually just graduated from college about a month ago from Five Towns College here on Long Island in New York over in Dix Hills. Great school, spent some of the best four years of my life there. It was, it was just a fantastic experience learning about radio, partaking in their great mass communications, mass communications division, and it was just a great time there. I spent four years there, and I spent four years doing a sports talk show, three years of the four doing two, since I ended up starting up another one with a friend of mine. But the radio station over at Five Towns called WFTU Radio, I was also the assistant manager of the radio station for three of the four years that I was there. And I was assistant manager to a good friend of mine who was the general manager of the station, and his name is Matt O'Leary, who, by the way, you should go on social media immediately and follow him on all social media platforms. Matty's got great, great content, at Matt O'Leary NY. So go on social media and follow him. You'll, that's definitely worth the follow, so definitely go and do that. But I was the assistant manager of the station under him, and it was a great, great experience. I had my own solo sports talk show that I started just a couple of weeks into my freshman semester. Right away, right into college, right on WFTU, went into the radio station and started my own solo sports talk show called All Things Sports, did it until the moment I graduated. And then the second year in, in the summer of summer 2016, up until about a month ago when I graduated too, Matt and I took up our own sports talk show, just me and him, called Big Apple Banter. We talked about everything in New York sports. So I did that show for three of the four years while I also did all things sports for all the four years that I was at, that I was on WFT radio. So that was all fantastic experience and it was a great, great time all throughout. And 
I'm just so great to have had that experience. I learned so much about being on the radio, about editing and this and that. That's how I'm able to deliver this podcast to you for the most part, honestly. So much of what I learned about being on the air or recording something was was learned at Five Towns, honestly. That, that, is, that is the truth. I have that place to thank for all of this. And I just graduated a month ago, and now that I graduated, those shows are gone now. I'm no longer the assistant manager at WFTU either. So now while I'm looking around for a job in the industry, hopefully it comes around soon, I decided, you know, and this was a decision I made well before I graduated. I said, you know what? For the little amount of time, I may not be doing too much, you know, in that little little awkward transition phase that you have from when you graduate college to when you find a job. I was like, you know what? Why don't I start my own podcast up? Just to keep up the practice of doing on-air stuff and just have fun. Talk about the subject that I love the most, the Yankees. And that leads into what I want to tell you about myself next. So basically, I'm a humongous sports fan. And even though I follow five sports... Baseball being number one. Baseball's been my heart since 2007 or 8. I love it. I started watching it when I was maybe, give or take, 11 years old, and I'm 22 now. So, it is it is absolutely my heart. And I follow baseball, I follow WWE, I follow the NFL, I follow hockey, I follow basketball. But you know what? The subject I, mo- I, I mostly love to talk about is definitely the New York Yankees themselves. So I thought to myself, wouldn't it be interesting to start my own Yankee podcast? And you know what? I decided to take it up. And here we are, (laughs) about four weeks or so after I graduated, give or take. And we're going to see how this goes, because quite frankly, I am really, really excited to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll explain to you a little bit what the show is going to be about. So... Basically, Yapping Yankees is going to be a 20 to 30 minute podcast, give or take, or it could go even longer. There's really no time restriction here. I am really not limiting this podcast to a certain amount of time. And if it's shorter other times, then so be it. If it's longer other times, then so be it. I really don't care. We're just here to have fun. And I'm going to be posting everywhere on, on my social medias once I upload it, which by the way, this show will be able to be found on my SoundCloud page only at first. Michael Scudero is my name on SoundCloud. You'll be able to find me. You'll find all the files of some old All Things Sports shows there, and you'll find files of the Big Apple Banter shows there that I've done in the past. And shortly, you'll be able to see the Yapping Yankees episodes begin to pop up. Of course, this being episode one. So if you go to my SoundCloud page, that's where you'll be able to find them first. And then, of course, I'll post that link to all the social media platforms as soon as possible, right after it's uploaded. And then, upon seeing how this show does for a little bit of time, shortly after that, we'll get it going on my YouTube channel. And we'll see how that goes. But for now, it's going to exclusively be on my SoundCloud page. Now you may be hey, you may, you may be like, hey, listen, Mike, how do we interact with you on the show? Well, I'll tell you right now. This is the way we're going to start it at first. Again, this podcast is brand new. So that it'll grow as the show grows. And the amount of people that listen to it grows. It'll grow with it. So for now, this is how you can interact with me. And I can answer your questions, concerns, comments, anything you want on this podcast if you DM me on Twitter. That'll sort of be like the mailbox sort of thing that people do on podcasts sometimes. Because I will not be taking calls on this. I'm, you know, not going to do any of that. 
So if you and and I I feel like Twitter is a good platform to do this, considering I have a pretty big following on there. I'm, I'm nearly at fifteen hundred followers, and I've been on there since maybe April or May of two thousand seventeen. So, and most of my following is the Yankees. I've I've quite a quite a few Giants followers. You know. WWE followers, maybe some hockey and basketball followers, but a, a big chunk of my following, and I acknowledge this definitely, are the Yankee fans out there. And I and boy, do I love interacting with some of you. You are just awesome. Some of Yankees' Twitter is a little crazy, but but a lot of you are also really, really good to interact with, and I thoroughly enjoy it. But anyway, let's not get off topic. So again, on Twitter, this will be the way to interact with me on the Yapping Yankees podcast. It will definitely, you'll be able to DM me, I will see your message, and then I'll read it out here on the show and I'll address it. And that's how we could interact. And you can give me some feedback after you hear the show. How about that, huh? Does that sound good? <laughs> and then of course, if you're not on Twitter, or you don't follow me on Twitter, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you should right away, at Mike Scudero, go ahead and follow me, get me to 1,500 followers. <laughs> but it will also be posted to Facebook and also I'll, I'll let everybody know on Instagram as well. That it will be on my SoundCloud page. I'll supply the link and everything. The links on my Instagram page and my Facebook fan page, the links to my SoundCloud page are in the bios. So you can just go there and check it out. But again, that's how you'll be able to interact with me. I don't re- I'm not really restricting the show on time of any sorts. And also, of course, the podcast, I plan on it being every Sunday night. No specific time, really. Because... Who knows? On certain Sundays, I could be doing certain things in the evening, in the nighttime, and then it takes me longer to upload it later into the night. Or maybe I could upload it nice and early into the evening like tonight. I don't know. It depends. I'm kind of surprised I was able to upload it this early because it is Father's Day. But since the day's almost over, I got home earlier, and um, here we are. So that's the deal. Every Sunday night. But also, there could be just surprise editions of, of Yapping Yankees for all you know because... Things are always happening in the baseball world. Let's say if a big trade happens in the offseason. Or if a big trade happens recently, like it did with Edwin Encarnacion coming to the Yankees, which we'll get to later. Then I might just hop on, turn on the microphone, and record a quick little thing and get it out to you. Turn out some nice content. What do you say? <laughs> so, Yapping Yankees mainly is guaranteed to come to you every Sunday night. But it could come at you if anything really, really big happens in the baseball world. Like, if if something really, really big happens in the Yankee universe, and I really feel it needs to be addressed, and I should record maybe a little 10-minute show or something just addressing it, then I'll hop on the mic and I'll do it. But that might not happen every time. We'll, we'll Again, you can't really predict the future. We'll see how it goes. But once more, just guaranteed, yapping Yankees coming at you every Sunday night. No specific time... Specifically, but I will. You'll know when it's up because I'll put the link everywhere. And also, you could just constantly check my SoundCloud page as well. But I will always keep you up to date when I'm doing a Yapping Yankees edition. So, is that all out of our systems? Do we have everything explained? Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't hear anything. So, so anyway. So, let's get into the show, huh? Let's have a little bit of fun. On this first edition of Yapping Yankees. I can't wait to get this going. You you honestly have no idea. I've been waiting to do this for like a month or two. I put that little intro together that you heard at the beginning together yesterday. 
And then today, I'm, I'm, I was just like so psyched over it. And I was thinking about it just in my head for the last month, just brainstorming. Oh my God, how's the show going to go? This and that. I just can't believe it's here. It feels surreal. So yeah, I gave you background on myself a bit. And again, if, if you have any other questions for me as far as what I do, who I am, you know, some more background on me, you could always ask me. I don't, I don't you know, I'm open to it. Gave a little background on the show. And of course, just go into the Twitter DMs if you have any questions for me personally. If you want any questions or comments or concerns answered on the podcast that have to do with the Yankees, I don't care. Just DM me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero. DMs are open. I'm not one of those people saying DMs are closed. Screw you. No, no, no. That's not me. <laughs> you can DM me whenever you want. I really don't care. Always open to talking because as I said before, there are a lot of you on Yankees Twitter and Twitter in general that I thoroughly, that I really, really do enjoy interacting with. So, first off, let's get to some really, really hot news going on in the Yankees world so far. So, first off, the news stories, obviously the biggest one coming out of last night, out of absolutely nowhere, as most of Brian Cashman's moves usually do, Edwin Encarnacion was traded to the New York Yankees from Seattle for 19-year-old pitching prospect from the Yankees, Juan Fenn and cash. And also, and again, we're, we're going to get into all this in depth as the show goes along. Just reading off the stories right now. John Carlos Stanton is returning on Tuesday. Big, big news. He has been dealing with a lot of injuries, a lot of setbacks on his way back in the past couple of months. First, it was the bicep. Then it seemed like it was the shoulder. Then it seemed like it was the leg. And you're like, is this guy ever going to come back? <laughs> That's what I was asking for a while. I'm like, we might not see Stanton for the rest of the year. But then a week or two ago, Aaron Boone came out surprisingly and said, hey, Stanton and Judge right around the corner. (laughs) When we thought even Judge was maybe a July-August sideline. Who knows? So again, John Carlos Stanton officially making his return against Tampa, against the Rays, on Tuesday, and hopefully Judge shortly after. And as of maybe about a half an hour ago, Clint Frazier sent down to AAA to make room for Edwin Encarnacion. And I saw a lot of people really flipping out about this, saying, oh my God, they just sent down Clint Frazier before they sent down Mike Talkman." But I'll tell you right now, Mike Talkman is probably going to be sent down very shortly to make room for Stanton, who again is returning on Tuesday. So I wouldn't panic too much about that. So those are really the hot stories in Yankee land right now going on. I mean, they're just red hots, really all anybody's talking about, of course. Also speculating what the lineup's going to look like once Judge and Stanton are back with Edwin Encarnacion in it. Speculating who the Yankees should go after starting pitching-wise. There have been a lot of names floating around for months now, and a, lot of, and a name or two that have just popped up recently. Depends who you're talking about. And we'll get to all of that. But first off... The thing that we should discuss is the little rocky period the Yankees had since the series in Toronto. Now, you'll know that before that series in Toronto, the Yankees were doing phenomenal. The June Yankees have not been that great. The May Yankees were very friendly and very fun to watch. (laughs) But anyway, this really started to all go downhill a bit into a little bit of a rocky period after the Yankees lost the third game of the series against the Red Sox, and that really... That really, really crazy game at Yankee Stadium was just, it was just wild. Between the rain, what happened in the game, it it was crazy. 
They ended up losing that game eight to five. And then these last two weeks, ever since then, they got into, they got into a little bit of a tailspin, just a, just a tad. <laughs> and most of it, what surrounded most of the struggles for the Yankees was the fact that leads could not be held. Now, another explanation for the for these struggles given by Aaron Boone at some point was that the Yankees had an utter inability to tack on runs. Now, while that was true in some instances, let's be honest. The real struggle with them for a while was that they couldn't hold leads. They just couldn't. Most of the time, it was the starting pitching, but sometimes it would also be the bullpen. It depended. Some days, the bullpen fell apart. Other days, the starting pitching was a wreck. And then maybe in a, a couple of times... You had the offense not tacking on enough runs. That was, that was a bit of a problem. But the main problem was the pitching, which everybody lately has been really up in arms about, and rightfully so. So the deal is right now, they finally won two in a row to split the series in Chicago. But going back to the Toronto series, I mean, they, they blew leads with their pitching a couple of times in Toronto. Then it happened a couple of times in Cleveland. Then, luckily, against the little two-game series against the Mets, didn't really happen then. The first game went very well, and the second game was just bad from the very start, right when right when James Paxson gave up a three-run homer to Pete Alonso, right downhill from the very beginning before an out was even recorded. But then here in he, even in Chicago, it happened again. In this four-game series, it managed to happen yet again, not being able to hold leads. And you know what? When that sort of a pattern happens constantly, for the team and for the fans, when you have a convincing lead in a game and you feel like, oh, this should be a comfortable victory, and then you just blow it, that's an exhausting pattern at some point. I tweeted that a bunch of times. I was like, this is an, this is an exhausting pattern to deal with. <laughs> I mean, on Thursday... 4 nothing lead. Just dissipates right into the air, just like that. RBI base hit, three-run homer, and then a solo shot given up by Ottavino. Friday was just ugly. They just got pounced on the Yankees, lost 10-2. to And then yesterday they were able to win. They took the White Sox 8-4. to And then today they beat the White Sox almost by what the White Sox beat them by on Friday by a score of 10-3. to so in hindsight, the Yankees probably should have won this series with Chicago 3 out of 4. The only really ugly game was Friday. But even besides that, what we're talking about is them not being able to hold leads lately. And it really is frustrating. You know, and even even yesterday, the Yankees had a 7-0 lead. And then it ended up being 7-4, and then people started to hold their breaths. Jonathan Holder giving up a 3-run homer to, I believe it was James McCann. And everybody's holding their breaths, and everybody's like, oh, exhale. And I'm over here like, you even have to hold your breath in a 7 nothing lead? Then that's alarming. <laughs> that's really not a good thing. So that's been a lot of the issue since the Toronto series. It's happened five times in the last week and a half to two weeks, blowing leads. The, one, the second game in Toronto... Was pro- what was probably the worst. It was it was horrendous. 
I'm going back to it right now. I'm looking at it on my phone. I'm on, I'm on MLB at bat. The one they lost 11 to 7. That game was horrible. <laughs> that was one of the worst games of the year. Because not only do you have to beat a team like Toronto, who's you know towards the bottom of the of the AL East, if not for the horrendous Baltimore Orioles. But I mean, this this Yankee team, seven four lead, going into the bottom of the seventh inning, and then they allow seven runs in the seventh and eighth innings, five runs in the eighth alone. This was the trend a lot of the time, just blowing leads. And shortly after, you get the lead, too. Sometimes it would happen in the, in the same half inning. You know, they go to the bottom half or the top half, and the lead just dissipates right in front of our eyes. Like the Avengers at the end of Infinity War. <laughs> just the lead just fades away into the sky. Again, eventually, that becomes an exhausting pattern to watch. As far as today's game, yeah, you know, they've been in a little bit of a tailspin, but as far as today's game... The team did very well. This was a very comfortable victory today. James Paxton, job well done. Six innings, two runs, definitely a quality start. The offense did their job. Definitely nice work. It, it was it was a good victory. And I actually just checked my phone now. I haven't been able to check this out before. But the Red Sox did end up beating the Orioles, so everything stays the same. The Orioles headed into the Orioles headed into that game. They were in this game in the ninth inning. They headed into the ninth with a 3-2 lead. And then and then Givens, God does he stink, gives up he gives up a solo shot to Marco Hernandez, I believe it was. I'm like, oh geez, the Red Sox are gonna win this game, aren't they? When they were down in their last two outs. And hey, I just checked and that's exactly what they did. So everything in the AL East right now remains the same. Yankees in first, a half a game over the Tampa Bay Rays. And then five games behind the Rays, five and a half behind the Yankees, are the Red Sox, 39 and 34. They've won five in a row, the Red Sox. And yeah, they had an easy weekend with the Orioles, that's for sure. But they're going to have to ramp up their gameplay a little bit because tomorrow night, they start a series in Minnesota against the Twins, 47 and 23. We all know how good the Minnesota Twins are this year. Very powerful team. They had a lot of home runs. And really quick, I actually did hear a a rumor very briefly last night that kind of shocked me a little bit. Rumors about Madison Bumgarner possibly being involved in a trade with the Twins. That surprised me a little bit. That was very out of left field. I did not expect that one at all. (laughs) Not at all. But yeah, basically that's been the idea the last two weeks. The Yankees got into a little bit of trouble, blowing leads. Fortunately, they finished off the series in Chicago very nicely in the last two. Got a couple obstacles ahead of them, though. They're now coming back home to face the Rays. Then they're facing Houston. And they hit the road to London to face the Red Sox for two games. To London. That ought to be interesting, right? We all know Major League Baseball is trying to expand the product globally over to Europe. Of course, there are other certain parts of the world like the like the Dominican Republic and Japan, other countries throughout the world that do love and play baseball consistently, but as someone who's been to Europe before, I've been to Italy nine times in my life, don't go nuts, I have family over there, that's why I've been there, but I've been very fortunate to go there, but anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> when Whenever I've gone to Italy, believe me, and, and, it, and it's the same around most of Europe, 
Even though there's some intrigue about baseball by some European people, the general consensus is, believe me, over there, soccer is the sport. They could give, they could give a crap less. They could not care less about baseball. Trust me, they they don't care for the sport. Most of them. Whenever I mention baseball to them, sometimes like, oh yeah, that's pretty interesting, this and that. But believe me, over there, the big sport is soccer. You could know that just by living here. Even you don't even have to go there to know to know that how big of a deal soccer is over there. But regardless, they're trying to expand the product. Got to respect it. It's a huge deal here in America. Might as well expand it. But that ought to be an interesting series in London. See if the time change affects either team at all and see how they do against each other. So far, the Yankees have definitely handled them this year. The Yankees have definitely handled the Red Sox. In their five games together, the Yankees are 4-1 and one against them. And of course, they would have had a four-game series. So there, there should be six games against each other. But one of them was rained out in the last series at Yankee Stadium and got postponed to August 3rd. So we'll have to wait on that. But so far in the five games, the Yankees have won four of them. They've handled the Red Sox well so far. Which is something they did not do that well last year. So we'll see how that turns out. But that's the deal with the Yankees so far. A little bit of a scenery of what they've got ahead. But let's talk about, let's go in depth about some of the things that have happened majorly in the Yankees world as well. As far as the Encarnacion trade. What that means for the Yankees right now. What that means for the future. For a potential starting pitcher. Lots of discussion on this whole thing. There's so much talk about it. So, first off today, Clint Frazier did get sent down, and as I said earlier in the show, you know, that's probably, that, that, that's just to make room for Edwin, and people are making a whole, you know, a whole big deal about, oh my god, I can't believe they sent down Clint before Talkman. Talkman's going to go when Stanton comes back, I'm almost sure of it. But the Yankees did acquire Edwin Encarnacion. It was a big trade. And I saw a lot of people on both ends on this, uh, as far as opinions, positives and negatives. I saw a lot of people going back and forth, at each other's throats even. That is to be expected on Yankees Twitter. It's a pretty hostile environment sometimes. But, regardless, Edwin is now a Yankee, leads the American League in home runs at 21, and it's a big deal. Especially, here's my view on it. I definitely understand why people are frustrated. They're saying, oh, I, I didn't know we could pitch, you know, sarcastically. Let's saying, we need pitching. What's this other big righty power bat that the Yankees already have in huge supply throughout that lineup? What's the need for it? This and that. Which is also why I think they chose to send down Clint first because he's also a right-handed bat. That also could be used for DH and he's a liability in the field. I do like Clint, but I'm the first one to admit he stinks in the field. Total liability. But I get where the frustration's mounted from. But you also have to be patient. What what really shocked me, though, is that I, I was at my girlfriend's recital last night because she does dance. I was at a recital. And all of a sudden, I get the update on my phone. The Yankees acquired when Encarnacion. There, there were no reports building up to a trade like this. And it's really, really amazing. And you have to really give Brian Cashman credit. He really plays a lot of these trades and signings and moves really close to the chest. Because a lot of them, a lot of these moves are really not spotted by the media. And a lot of them just happen out of nowhere when it comes to Cashman. Nobody was talking about Edwin Encarnacion coming to the Yankees before, up until the very moment that it happened. Nobody. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Nobody was even talking about it. All everybody was talking about was the Yankees' need for starting pitching because they were blowing every lead. And rightfully so, they were talking about it. So that's the deal with that. You have to respect that when you don't even see something coming. You're like, oh my God, it just happened out of nowhere. That's how Cashman operates sometimes. But you also have to be patient and just wait to see what this could mean. This move could mean multiple things, guys. And I'm not just saying, like, I am not going to come on yapping Yankees here and just say, oh yeah, this is what this means. This is what that move means. This is definitely going to happen. Listen, I like making takes. We all make good takes. We all make bad takes. A lot of people just make bad takes, but let's let's be honest here. Some of us make good takes. Some of us make bad takes. As they say in My Cousin Vinny, if, you ever, if you've ever seen that movie with Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei, you win some and you lose some. <laughs> so, honestly, I, I like to give my takes out there and I'll give my opinion on this, but I'm not by all means, by any means saying this is definitely what's going to happen. None of us could see into the future, even though we like to tell ourselves that we are, you know, just just Yankee savants sometimes and just know what's going to happen. It's not true. We're all wrong at times. So, my view on this, honestly, is that it's a very good move for what it was. And I mean it in the sense that, let's be honest, this was a steal. They got Edwin Encarnacion. You can say what you want about his batting average. Doesn't He's never really hit for average that much. He's always been a really big power guy, even back to his days, you know, a decade ago with the, with the Toronto Blue Jays, when he went back and forth in the lineup with Jose Bautista. But, honestly, this was a steal. American League home run leader. Big righty power bat for 19-year-old pitching prospect, who I believe hadn't really even made any progress in the minors yet, Juan Thin, and Cash. The Seattle Mariners even sent money over to the Yankees. I believe they're both splitting some money to give what is owed to Edwin. And if you're not telling yourself that that's a steal, you're just lying to yourself. Even if you want only pitching and nothing but pitching, which I do understand. The Yankees need pitching. I'm, I'm not coming out and saying, you know, just, just like this deal and don't mind that the Yankees need pitching. That's not what I'm saying. I like this deal but also acknowledge still that the Yankees desperately need starting pitching. Which leads me to my next point. While I'm also acknowledging that this move was an absolute steal, and that's why I have a great amount of respect for it, this could also lead to multiple things in the future. This could mean that Edwin could be used as a piece to flip for a starting pitcher. This could mean that he becomes the full-time DH or maybe splits up the DH role with Luke Voigt and then Stanton goes into left field Frazier gets traded Gardner goes to the bench becomes a fourth outfielder or maybe it means he could take over most of the time at first and Voigt could get traded and as ridiculous as it sounds maybe Stanton could get, could get traded for the record I don't think that's going to happen at all but it could it, you know you never know with Cashman you never know It's really, it, it's interesting to look at. They could use Frazier and a bunch of other pieces in the farm. And they could, and they could use it to get a good starting pitcher. Or they, again, they could use Edwin as the piece to flip. Just keep him for a short amount of time 
until the time is right to trade him for a big-time starting pitcher. There are so many alternative possibilities here. Now, now, as far as Luke Voigt possibly getting traded, I would not be a fan of that considering... I mean, people will say what they will about Voigt defensively. I'll admit he's made some pretty bad blunders on on the defensive end. But if you deny this, you're simply lying to yourself. Luke Voigt has been such a major part of this team's success going back to the second half of 2018. It would just really be tough to watch him go. He has really been a major part of the spirit of this team. And regardless of how you feel about the guy, I think if you deny this, then you're simply in denial. Luke Voigt is a vital part of the Yankees, and he has been for months and months and months and months. So that's the deal with him. I'm not sure how I'd feel about that. I'm not sure I'd like it. I don't think I would. But there, again, tons of possibilities. As far as potential pitchers to acquire for the Yankees, and again, the Yankees need starting pitching. They definitely do. No one is denying this. And if you are denying this, you're not paying attention. (laughs) I'll just plain out say that. Of course, Max Scherzer's been a hot topic, and I would cool it with Scherzer for a little bit until the Nationals really confirm that they're looking for a trading partner for Scherzer. I, I, I would relax with this for a little bit. This has been a discussion for some time now, but even I have said, listen, let, let's see how it goes first. <laughs> then, of course, the big one that's being discussed is Madison Bumgarner. And whether these rumors were true or not last night... I really take every single rumor I hear with a grain of salt up until the deal itself is actually confirmed and made by both teams. Because even going back to the 2018 offseason, even offseasons prior to that, there have been so many clowns out there on Twitter and all social media platforms claiming they have these sources and these people that give them all sorts of updates on the organization's inner runnings and everything like that. And then they end up being totally wrong. Something totally different happens. So I really I really take all of these rumors with a grain of salt and I do not and I do not fall for nearly any of them. I'm even very careful with the official people that I follow on Twitter. I follow Ken Rosenthal, I follow Mark Feinstein, like pe- people like that, like really really official guys. I'm really really careful with that. So I I take this rumor with a grain of salt, but they they were even they were even saying that Madison Bumgarner was involved in trade talks with the Twins late last night. I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that that really that really took my night for a tailspin. It was like almost one a.m. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, "Are they serious?" <laughs> so I don't know what to make of that, but but I I did see that. I mean, we'll see what happens. There's there are always rumors circulating with other teams as well. We'll do, we'll see. There's also Trevor Bauer rumors, and I would really like if Trevor Bauer came to the Yankees. I'm not really expecting it to happen. He just actually tossed his first career complete game shutout today, which is really cool. But that would be a really cool piece. I am a fan of Bauer's really, I'll call it a a different, unique personality. There are a lot of people that think he's just like, you know, a loudmouth fool and this and that. I, I just think he's a guy with just his own unique personality that's trying to have a good time with people and go out there and do his job pitching-wise, of course, which, of of course, he's pretty good at, to say the least. (laughs) So Bauer could certainly be an intriguing possibility. 
There's also Matthew Boyd. I'm not, I'm not really sure how I feel about this one. While he's done well, I, I don't. I'm just not feeling that. I, I need. I need a bigger name than that. I, I honestly do. Marcus Stroman, big name with the Blue Jays, of course. And there have been there have honestly been ups and downs with him, but he's been better. You know, he's been solid. And a top piece in the Blue Jays rotation, that'd be a good piece to have. And the one that I'm also really not a fan of is Zach Wheeler. This is the last one I've heard. Maybe there are even more out there. But these are the six that I've heard for the most part. And I'm really just not a fan of Wheeler. Let me tell you something. I know I, I know Zach Wheeler throws very hard. That's not the issue here. But he's just not that good. Not only is it is a big injury risk, because he's he's had injury troubles in the past, and he is just very hot and cold at times. And his ERA is high. I'm not a fan of that move. I would not be in support of a Zach Wheeler trade or or whatever or what have you. Not only do I not think the Yankees and Mets will deal with each other to begin with, I mean, they could. Again, I, I can't tell the future, and I could be wrong. I just don't see them dealing with one another. And I also just don't think a Zach Wheeler trade would do any good. I know so many people are attracted to, oh my god, that guy throws gasoline. He's throwing he's throwing flames at you. It's an attractive quality, I get it. But for the most part, I mean, come on. There are plenty of pitchers out there that don't necessarily throw flames at you. Yet they find themselves having a lot of success. Because they're good locators. At the end of the day, you could throw hard, and yes, throwing hard does get out. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, hey, throwing hard does nothing. Otherwise, you know, Chapman wouldn't get so many strikeouts throughout his career, and have so many saves. So, so it does something. But at the same time, there are also a lot of softer throwing pitchers that find success. Pitchers that throw in the low 90s or around 90, or maybe 88 or 89 miles an hour. I mean, in the last couple of years. You know, Dallas Keuchel had been a vintage example of that. In 2016, 17, 18, even though he he has... Dallas Keuchel's been on a decline, sure, but... I mean, he's he doesn't throw flames. And look how much success he's had in the past. It is possible to not throw 98 miles an hour and succeed in this league. It is very possible. <laughs> so... I don't know, and it just goes to show you that throwing hard isn't everything, because if throwing hard was everything, Zach really would be better, and his ERA would be better, but it's not. So that's just not too attractive for me. The pitchers I would love, of course, I would love Bumgarner, even though a lot of people love to mention he's declining, and yes, while that is statistically true, I'm not going to argue with that, it's, it's factually true. And yes, he has a lot of innings on his arm, and, and he's a workhorse and this and that. But I like workhorses. And most of all, I love people that have the postseason experience that he has. And the success in the postseason that he's had. And even the success in the regular season. And even through his decline this year, he's only really only had a start or two where he hasn't tossed a quality start. And I, and I, and I don't like to use that quality start thing. A quality start to the best of my knowledge is six innings and three runs or fewer. And there only, uh, there's only a time or two where he didn't record that. And one of those times was against the Yankees. So there's one eliminated right there. So at most, you only have one other time where he didn't give you, a, 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 you know, at least a, a decent quality start. 
so how much is he declining really? And he's still a workhorse. So I'd, I'd definitely be in favor of having Bumgarner. That's a big piece. He's 29 years old. I'm for it. For the talent, I'd also be for Marcus Stroman. I don't think Marcus Stroman would come. I, I'm not sure if he would come here because, again, dealing in division, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure of the possibility of that. I don't see it very likely. I would love Trevor Bauer here. I really do think Bauer is a great talent. He's got a big hooking breaking ball. He throws hard. A good fastball. He's a great locator too. And he grinds. He he plays hard. Of course, Scherzer, if he's available, that would be huge as well. Scherzer, another guy who's in his his 30s and he has a lot of innings on his arms. Sure, a lot of people will say that. And that is true. But if Max Scherzer comes to this team, are you going to pretend like you're not happy that Max Scherzer's on the New York Yankees? Come on. (laughs) But again... Until the Nets say he is absolutely available and, and they are talking to people about him, until they say that, there's really no need in going to a fuss about Max Scherzer. Would it be nice? Yes, but as long as the, the Nats are not expressing any interest in getting rid of him, there's no point of talking about a Max Scherzer trade possibility. So these are the potential moves. And again, so much could come out of this. And, and with Judge and Stanton right around the corner, so many changes could come to the lineup. I could imagine Stanton going back to left again, and and again Gardner going to the fourth outfielder job. Judge obviously goes back into right. Mike Talkman is going to be sent down anyway. I assume once Stanton comes back in two days on Tuesday. You know what? I I, I don't see really anything going wrong with this. Maybe Voigt and Edwin splitting time at first, at least for now, and splitting time as DH as well. But the main point, the, the, one of the last things I want to discuss here about Clint going down in the minor leagues, I do want to say that this does nearly confirm it for me, that I really do think Clint, Clint's time as a New York Yankee is limited. And this isn't just because of the whole, you know, the whole debacle about him not talking to the media after the rough Boston game, after the third game against them. After his rough game out in right field, didn't talk to the media. There were a lot. There was a lot of speculation that you know, of course, the teammates had to go to the media and sort of answer for him. And there was speculation that his teammates weren't happy with him because then right away he ended up hitting a home run in Toronto, and then they weren't celebrating that much. But then people were quick to say, "Hey, they didn't celebrate much when Hicks hit a home run shortly after that." So much exhausting controversy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so. That's the deal with that, with all that, with all that nonsense. But it's not even because of all that stuff. It's obvious that with the big guys having coming back now, finally in the middle of June, and again with the Yankees have endured and fought through all the hardships that they've had to overcome to this point, with all the injuries that they experienced and all, and and just everything they had to fight through. It, it's so admirable and it's so incredible what they've done. It truly is. You can't deny it. They're in first place by a half a game. Think of all they had to endure. And at one point, especially before his ankle sprain, Clint Frazier was a major part of that. But reality's setting in now, guys. The big guys are returning. And Clint Frazier's now sent back down to the minors. And let's be honest. Clint, solid hitter, of course. Liability in right, fi- liability in right field. Sending him back down to the minors to play every day. Hopefully build up his trade value. Would he be a good piece to trade? Absolutely. 
Would you miss his bat? Sure you would. He's a good hitter. Clint's a good hitter. He really is solid. But could he be used in a big trade for a starting pitcher? That's the question. That's what most have to wonder. And I think he could be used for it. Could others be used for it? Other prospects in the farm? A lot of people are mentioning Tyro Estrada. A lot of people are mentioning Estevan Floreal. People are mentioning Tyler Wade. A lot of names being thrown around. Other low-level prospects, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe another major league piece. Again, controversy of Luke Voigt possibly being traded. Again, as I said before, wouldn't be too big a fan of that. At the end of the day, like all of us want, though, all we want, all of us, we all want the same thing. We want the Yankees to win. (laughs) And whatever will help them win, I'm in favor for. But regardless of what this Edwin trade leads to, whether Edwin ends up being the flip piece for a pitcher, or if Clint ends up being part of a big trade for a pitcher, or if none of that happens, maybe, who knows? Regardless of what happens, as long as the Yankees win as a result of it, that's all I want. Right now, when Edwin comes to this team, when he fully, when he actually arrives starting this series, when Stanton is back, when Judge is back, there are a lot of righty power bats in this lineup. And I've also seen lots of people speculating what the lineup will look like. Well, in case you haven't realized also, Aaron Boone has nearly every day of the season, literally nearly every day of the season, had a lineup change. So speculating this, this you know, what the Yankee lineup will be is almost virtually a waste of time for me. I have an idea of what my lineup would look like, and so does everybody else, of course, tweeting about it and posting about it. And you're allowed to, of course. But really, you know, it, it all depends. You know, you could put Judge right back in the two-hole. You could change it to put Judge in the three-hole. Really, let's think about it. Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Encarnacion, all those guys have the capability of batting cleanup or any position or any sl- slot in the lineup around that around there. So, anything could happen, really. Maybe just try to divide them up a little bit, especially Stanton and Judge. Because that strikeout dynamic there, I must say, does get exhausting sometimes. So maybe you divide them up by a slot or two in the lineup. Who knows? Again, there are probably going to be tons of changes to this lineup, yet again. So, <laughs> so we will see what happens. But more or less, guys, that is what's been going on in the Yankee universe so far. There's been a lot. And it's going to continue to get more exciting. Only a half a game divides the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays right now in the AL Eastern Division. And they're getting ready to face each other in the Bronx. Then Houston comes to town, and I cannot I cannot overstate enough how important it is that this Yankee team shows that they could beat the Houston Astros. Otherwise, this could be an unfortunate repeat of 2017, being able to just beat everybody, then you make it to the ALCS against the Astros, and you lose again. You do not want that to happen. They got swept in Houston earlier in the season, in the very beginning. Show us that you can do something different in the middle to later part of June. That's the important part. You have a few games to work with. Show us what you could do. The Astros are a really tough team. They pitch well. They hit well. They do it all well. 
They're a top team in Major League Baseball. Gotta get past them. Has to happen. So, that more or less does it for the first ever edition of Yapping Yankees. With me, of course, your host, Mike Scudero. Wow. We've been going for almost 50 minutes, see? I said 20 minutes to a half an hour, we're going for almost 50 minutes. (laughs) There is absolutely no limit on this podcast. And of course, other editions will be longer or shorter than others. It depends on the week or the edition. I don't care. We're here to have fun, not to put it on a timer. (laughs) So again, just a reminder, Yapping Yankees will come to you every Sunday night, guaranteed, and if, of course, you know, stuff happens in life, if something comes up and I'm not able to record one Sunday night, I will, of course, let all of you know on social media, and you'll be kept up to date with it. Just be sure to follow me, by the way. Follow me on Facebook. My Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. So go ahead and follow my Facebook fan page. That is one of the locations that the show will be uploaded to as well with the link from my SoundCloud page. Also, the most important platform and the platform that I'm most active on with the most interaction and the place that I'm also sending you to interact with me and my DMs is Twitter. So please go follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. Go do it right now. I'll wait. I'm just kidding. I'm not waiting. <laughs> you do it on your own time. Go follow me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero. And if you have any questions that you want me to address on the next edition, or if you even just want me to just talk about something that's on your mind, you know, that has to do with the Yankees, on the next show, just DM me. You could message me. Don't be shy. I don't bite. I just bite on the show a little bit when I rant. But <laughs> so, A rant is yet to come, though. I'm a big ranter, I promise you especially in periods when the Yankees are doing very badly. A lot of my ranting comes in the moment, like during the Yankee game when I'm tweeting. A, lot, a, a few tweets will sometimes, at times, be ranting tweets. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> but, again, follow me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero. Be sure to DM me anything you want on Yapping Yankees. That's how you'll interact. It'll be my sort of mailbox. And if you want to follow me on Instagram as well, on Instagram, I am MikeScuds97. So go go be sure to follow me on that as well. And if you want to just routinely check up on my SoundCloud page to see what's going on on there, if you want to listen to my old shows, All Things Sports and Big Apple Banter, you could be sure to go listen to those on my SoundCloud page, or you could go there to listen back to the Yapping Yankees episodes. When there's more than one, of course. For now, just listen back to this one. And you can find me on SoundCloud, Michael Scudero. Or again, you could just ask me, and I'll give you a link to my page. If you follow me on Instagram or my Facebook fan page, the link to my SoundCloud pages are to my SoundCloud page are in those bios. So just go look on those as well. All right, so you got the deal now. <laughs> so if anything major happens, any big discussion throughout the week, I will of course be back with another edition with another edition of Yapping Yankees to you right here. Otherwise. I will bid you farewell until next Sunday night with the second episode of Yapping Yankees. Thank you so, so much for listening. I really hope you guys give the support. Retweet it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your parents about it. Tell your grandparents about this. (laughs) Tell everybody. Tell the whole world. Mike Scudero has a podcast, Yapping Yankees. It's going to be a lot of fun, and this is only the beginning, guys. So thank you so much for listening again. Happy Father's Day, and I will talk to you next Sunday. Mike Scudero signing out. Take care.